This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. A Cherry Hill Volvo and XC40 can be leased for as low as $459. And an XC90 leased for as low as $629. The Cherry Hill Volvo offers are very aggressive. Spring into Cherry Hill Volvo for incredibly fabulous offers. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast this is the next generation of talk now on talk radio 1210 WPHT Rich Zioli Will Chevron be overturned, and why should we care? And is it just about fish? Is it just about herring? That is the question before the United States Supreme Court today. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli on this Wednesday, Hump Day edition. Uh, as usual, the, uh, the liberal justices and Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson has had to recuse herself from this case because uh, she heard it on the district level. But uh, as, as you'd imagine, the liberal justices, Elena Kagan... The other wacky wackos, um, they, they love they love Chevron. What is Chevron? Chevron says that the administrative state gets to make the rules. That's it in a nutshell. You've heard a lot about fish. You've heard a lot about herring and herring fishing boats and how the fishing boat people have to have these federal monitors on board to hang out and uh, make sure they're fishing okay. And then in some cases now it's going to cost them more than they make per day, the, the fishermen. You know, some some idiot nephew of some congressman needs a job and gets a job as a herring boat fishing manager and the administrative state has decided not only will you have a fishing boat monitor on board you're going to pay for it yeah how you doing i'm the uh, i'm the herring fishing boat monitor yeah that's right and um yeah i i need a cool 750 a, a day this is the big story brought to you by our buddy dr mike venaria venariadental.com for all of your beautiful dental needs venaria dental v-a-n-a-r-i-a uh and justice neil gorsuch put it best today when he said you know, part of humility is to admit when you're wrong. When Chevron was first passed, Justice Antonin Scalia thought it was a good idea. But like all things in life, they have unintended consequences. So the court is now revisiting this and looking at the fact that as a result of what is known as the Chevron doctrine, Chevron deference, we have now turned over lawmaking to the, to the executive. We've turned over lawmaking to unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats who make decisions and they have no accountability to the people. Hence why they're unaccountable. Here's Justice Neil Gorsuch from today's argument. Justice Gorsuch. One lesson of humility is admit when you're wrong. Justice Scalia, who took Chevron, which nobody understood to include this two-step move as originally written, and turned it into what we now know. And late in life, he came to regret that decision. What do we make of that lesson about humility? Humility. 
No, I, look, I, I do think that, you know, reconsidering particularly a methodological error is part of judicial humility. And I do think if you look at Justice Scalia's Perez opinion, uh, the mortgage banker cases, one of the things he said there most clearly, but he said all along, was our decision in Chevron was completely heedless of Section 706 of the APA. And if you're looking for a special justification to overturn an opinion, I think whiffing on the underlying statute entirely has got to be at the top of the list. Thank you. Justice Kavanaugh? A couple questions. Um, first on Skidmore. Uh now, the point that uh, Gorsuch is making here, and, and I don't want to get too in the, into the weeds on this because I don't want to put you to sleep, but the bottom line is this. You know, when you have something, whether it's a court decision or a law, that then spirals out of control, at what point do you rein this in? And, and, and you turn around and you say, all right, you know what? This is a mistake. This is being used in the wrong way. This is something that we have to remedy and, rect- and rectify here. At what point do you do that? And as usual, you know, the, the left hates the fact that Justice Neil Gorsuch is commenting on this in, in any way, shape, or form. They want him to recuse himself. He doesn't need to. But they know that he's going to vote against it. He wants to see Chevron go. And why? The reason why is because, you see, the left believes that bureaucrats are the enlightened ones. Government should decide everything in life, whether it's a banning Skittles or whether it's making you eat bugs. Government should decide everything. Every problem has a solution, and government bureaucrats can figure it out. And then you elect a conservative president. You elect a conservative Congress, if we can ever do that. And they turn around and they say no. But the bureaucrats entrenched in the federal government bureaucracy, they do it anyway. They do whatever they want. So, for example, a conservative president gets in there and says, I want to I want to make the EPA more business friendly. I want to I want to rein it in or I want to we are canceling this rule that the Department of Education is making, which is rewriting Title nine. It's a federal statute. Now they're rewriting it to say you have to include transgender people in in women's rights and education. And no, we're not doing these things. But what the left likes to think is that the bureaucrats will outlive the conservative politician, the conservative president, the conservative cabinet secretary, the conservative EPA administrator. And they're not wrong because we can't get rid of these bureaucrats. That's why we're trying to rein them in with the project that the Heritage Foundation is working on to rein in the administrative state. They're not wrong. These people don't leave. You know, you, you call in an exterminator, you hope, they, you hope they get the roaches out, but they find ways to survive, and that's the issue. So the cabinet secretary, say the EPA administrator, comes in, gives a big speech to all the employees. We are going to make the EPA more business friendly. We are going to turn around, and we're going to make it easier to do business in this country. We're going to stop the war on coal, the war on natural gas, the war on oil. But the bureaucrats, you know, five floors below the administrator's office are all giggling to themselves like, we've heard this before. You're not going to be here that long. Maybe, maybe four years. And maybe as an administrator, you'll stay too because you'll get bored and you'll hate the job and you want to go make money. So we're not really worried about this. We're going to do whatever we want to do anyway. And we're going to promulgate rules into the federal register. And we're going to expand the size of government. And we're going to go crazy with it and do whatever the hell we want to do. And we don't care if you as a conservative want to rein it in. Because we, we, will out, we will outlive you. We will survive you. You can't really kill us. 
Ed Whelan, who's um, a great guy, and um, you know he's been tweeting about this all day today, and we're hoping to get him on the show. He says, you know, Justice Gorsuch is taking a leading role in oral arguments today, and it's making the left's head explode. Actually, this is Kerry Severino tweeting that. Of course, they knew he would which is why they trotted out some of the most frivolous recusal arguments ever. There's absolutely no reason for Gorsuch to recuse himself. But the New Republic and all these other lefty sites want him to recuse himself. He doesn't need to. But basically, here, here's, here's the reality of what they're saying right now. This is, this is basically in a, in a nutshell. The, the left loves Chevron. And conservatives hate it because we don't want the administrative state to be able to make all the decisions in life. I'll give you a great example about the administrative state. Anthony Fauci, Asanto Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor. You know, these people who make decisions for us, whether it's about masks or vaccines or uh, they have so much power and they don't feel accountable in any way, shape or form. But even though the story came out that the Chinese lab in Wuhan, the WIV, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, mapped the Delhi coronavirus pandemic two weeks before Beijing told the world. What? What? Ah, who cares? The, the, the bureaucrats, will, they funded this. They paid for this. They're going to continue paying for this because they, do, they know there's no accountability for them and their actions. Chinese researchers isolated and mapped the viruses that caused COVID-19 in late December of 2019, at least two weeks before Beijing revealed details of the deadly virus to the world raising questions anew about what China knew in the pandemic's crucial early days. Documents obtained from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services by a House committee and reviewed by the Wall Street Journal show that a Chinese researcher in Beijing uploaded a nearly complete sequence of the virus's structure to a U.S. government-run database on December 28, 2019. Chinese officials at the time were still publicly describing the disease outbreak in Wuhan, China, as a viral pneumonia of unknown cause and had yet to close the Hunan Seafood Wholesale Market, site of one of the initial COVID-19 outbreaks. Now, not the source of the COVID-19 outbreak, even though someone did order, of course, an undercooked bat burger with a side of pangolin fries and a raccoon dog aioli, but that's not why COVID happened. Happened because of the lab. But do you notice that? You see, the U.S. government-run database had the structure of the virus, but the bureaucrats didn't do anything. And the bureaucrats were paying for the whole thing. There's no accountability for these people. China only shared the virus's sequence of the World Health Organization on January 11, 2020, according to U.S. government timelines of the pandemic. The new information doesn't shed light on the debate over whether COVID emerged from an infected animal or a lab leak. Right. But it suggests that the world still doesn't have a full accounting of the pandemic's origin. Of course, it settles a debate. Because obviously, if they were able to map the virus and people were getting sick... Prior to December, we know it came from a lab because the military world games happened there in the fall. And don't tell me it was a coincidence that that this virus left the lab. I think it was a bioweapon. I think it was put out by China for a reason. And there's no question. And by the way, China's still up to it. You know, they're, they're, they're still going here. There's a New York Post story about this right now. Chinese lab crafts mutant COVID-19 strain with 100% kill rate in humanized mice. A surprisingly rapid death. In a Wuhan-esque study, Chinese scientists are experimenting with a mutant COVID-19 strain that is 100% lethal to humanized mice. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, this sounds great. This sounds like a great idea. 
Oh, yeah, put this in the good idea genes category. No question about it. The deadly virus known as GX underscore P2V attacked the brains of mice that were engineered to reflect genetic makeup similar to people. According to a study shared last week out of Beijing, this underscores a spillover risk into humans and provides a unique model for understanding the pathogenic mechanisms of SARS-CoV-2 related viruses. So again, this is what we do. We make a virus in the lab with the idea that, well, you know, if if Frankenstein's monster ever gets out, we got to know how to defeat him. And then, whoa, lo and behold, there's Frankenstein's monster terrorizing the village. So now we make money on both ends. We make money by making the virus, and we make money trying to make the treatment for the virus. This is why the gain-of-function gravy train uh, will never end. And this is why bureaucrats like Asanto Fauci, Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, you always have to say that by law, and people at the NIH, the National, uh, all these other three-letter, four-letter, five-letter agencies did whatever they wanted. They, they just gave money to Wuhan. They didn't care because they know there's no consequences to their actions. Because the administrative state is out of control. This Chevron case today is not just about fishing boats. It's not just about herring. It's about everything related to the power of the bureaucracy. And what these people do and what these people get away with. The deadly virus is a mutated version of GX2017. A coronavirus cousin that was reportedly discovered in Malaysian pangolins in 2017. Three years before the pandemic. This is like the cousin Eddie of, uh, of coronaviruses. Pangolins, also called scaly anteaters, are mammals found in warm areas of the planet. All the mice that were infected with the virus died within just eight days, which researchers noted was a surprisingly rapid death rate. It infected the lungs, bones, eyes, trachea, and brains of the dead mice, the last of which was severe enough to ultimately cause the death of the animals. In the days before their deaths, the mice had quickly lost weight, well, I mean, there's, there's that. Exhibited a hunched posture and moved extremely sluggishly. Most eerily of all, their eyes turned completely white the day before they died. So that's fun. Not at all zombie-ish. Although terrifying, the study is the first of its kind to report a 100% mortality rate in mice infected by the COVID-19-related virus, far surpassing previously reported results from another study. <laughs> Although terrifying, the good news is it's got a 100% kill rate. How, 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 is that, how, how does the although terrifying work in the context of this? Although terrifying, it's really, really terrifying. Francois Bellou, an epidemiology expert at University College London's Genetics Institute, slammed the research as terrible and scientifically totally pointless. I can see nothing of vague interest that could be learned from force infecting a weird breed of humanized mice with a random virus. Conversely, I could see how much stuff might go wrong. The preprint does not specify the biosafety level and biosafety precautions used for the research. The absence of this information raises the concerning possibility that part or all of this research, like the research in Wuhan in 2016 to 2019 that our bureaucrats paid for, and that caused COVID-19, recklessly was performed without the minimal biosafety containment and practices essential for research with potential pandemic pathogens. Rutgers University professor of chemistry and chemical biology Richard Ebright backed up Ballou's concerns in a single word, concur. Dr. Janati Jinsky, a retired professor of medicine at Stanford, wrote, this madness must be stopped before it's too late. 
I think it is too late. But understand, all of this comes down to one thing, and that is the fact that the bureaucrats never in their life thought they would they would ever get in trouble for anything that they did. So when it came off to signing off on uh, risky uh, research, yeah, why not? What's going to happen to us? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing ever happens to them. That's part of the problem. The 2024 study does not appear to have any ties to China's Wuhan Institute of Virology, the WIV, which was the center of lab leak theories surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic. They're not theories. U.S. intelligence agencies over the summer found no direct evidence that the lab leaked the coronavirus, although they did not rule out the possibility the virus came from a different one. The origin of COVID-19 is still unclear. Unclear to who? We all know exactly where this virus came from. We all know exactly where it started, and we all know exactly who did it. China. And we also know it was not because somebody ordered an undercooked bat burger. It was because China made this virus in a lab with our taxpayer dollars. And do you remember how um, back then, if you suggested that Fauci paid for this, you you were labeled like cons- conspiracy nut kook du jour. You were, of all the conspiracy nuts in all the world, you were the biggest conspiracy nut. The idea that Fauci paid for this virus. I remember my friend um, Barb, Barb and Jim, wonderful people, sent me that first story, which was early on in the pandemic. I mean, I was still doing the show from my sunroom at the time in the old house. This is pre-home studio because I didn't, why would I need a home studio back then? I just made it up. You know, we all, everybody made it up back then as they went along. Anyway, um, they sent me that story about Fauci paying for gain-of-function research and paying for this pandemic. And I remember bringing it up on the air and I remember getting a tersely worded email from somebody saying something to the effect of, you know, you really shouldn't share these kind of conspiracy theories because you're going to sound like a kook. And our audience is really mainstream. And, you know, they don't really like this. I said, I don't know who you're talking about. I know my audience. My audience knows the truth is out there. My audience understands, quite frankly, that these bureaucrats lie to us. And sure enough, I was right. You were right. We were all right. I'll tell you one thing, though. If we don't learn the lesson, if we don't learn the lesson of COVID-19, and that lesson is that bureaucrats will do whatever bureaucrats want to do and that they will use these opportunities absolutely to expand the powers of the bureaucracy. If, if, we, if we don't do that, we are going to have more problems than we can ever imagine in the future because they're using disease X at the World Economic Forum to talk about now how we all have to surrender United States sovereignty so that we can all have a worldview of science. In fact, you can't even debate this stuff anymore. John Kerry came out today and said that um, the truth of the matter is is that the, the, the science on climate is so clear we can't even have a debate on it anymore. Yes, a good old horse face speaking at the WEF. He said it all. Now, the reason why I want Chevron reined in is because I am telling you right now that um, if we don't, if we don't, we will have more bureaucrats who gain more power and will create more pandemics and the pharmaceutical industry will get richer and then these bureaucrats will use that power to seize control over everything here's at the world economic forum this is apollo hospitals vice chair says lockdowns helped during covid 
and are important going forward. Take a listen to this. But more than anything else, uh, I am a very proud Indian. And I think that the leadership, uh, the quick decisions, and the incisive decisions to do what we have to do at the right time, sometimes they're hard decisions, you face that. But I think to take the right decision, the hard decision, but to take a decision has been very important. And I think a population of 1.3 billion people, if we have been able to come out of this uh, relatively, you know, better than which could have been anticipated. And the fact that there was early intervention of vaccination, uh, there was a lockdown. It was hard, but it was a decision making which I think helped us. So I think that's important going forward. Yeah, well, you know what? I think the, the reality of, of the situation, what we all know, is that Fauci... Asanto Fauci, Anthony Fauci should should go to jail. That's the reality. The consequences for him should be going to jail. That's what he told Laura Ingram last night. And he's exactly right about this. And everything we know about COVID and everything we know about the power of these bureaucrats and the fact that they are unaccountable and why Chevron needs to be overturned because these bureaucrats feel no fear of, of ever being held accountable can be summed up entirely by what Senator Rand Paul says about Fauci. They make antibodies. But Rand. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it, it wasn't Senator, proof of anything. It was all. Yeah, Senator, it, uh, they were lying. And the lying had real consequences for children, their mental health, their education, for business, for our faith, not being able to go to houses of worship. I mean, that's fundamental American freedoms. And I'll ask you again, what should the consequences be for Anthony Fauci? Jail. You know, I've sent two referrals to the Department of Justice. I think he lied to Congress, which is a felony. You know, uh, several folks from the Trump administration were accused of lying to Congress and carted off to jail with FBI agents all over the property, host, you know, yanking them out of their house early in the morning. But we have two tiers of justice here. It depends on whether you were a supporter of Donald Trump or you're a supporter of big government, you know, the centralized government. But Anthony Fauci did lie to Congress. We know that from his own words, not because I say lies, but his private email say he was lying. Virtually everything he said in private. Now, he's exactly right, by the way. He's exactly right. And on that point, here's Argentinian President Javier Mele, my favorite politician in the world right now, at the WEF. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. Long live freedom. I love this man. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch, unconditional ally. Thank you very much and long live freedom. Damn it. Long live freedom. Damn it. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli coming right back. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you must might be hearing this why? a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox 
cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast the zioli show on your schedule from talk radio 1210 wpht in the free odyssey app so I have those John Kerry clips. John Kerry. Yes, I'll get to those. Um, we'll talk about Pennsylvania. We'll talk about door knocking with uh, Cliff Maloney. We're going to talk about the presidential transition project. We're going to check in with Zach Smith about the uh, Chevron decision. we got a big show still to come. And it's only 4.30. Look at that. Uh, and don't forget something, too. You know, as we discuss all these issues, we're uh, watching potential now uh, snow for Friday. It's freaking cold out. All right, so what's the over-under on us getting snow Friday, uh, Henry? What do you think? Well, you want me to set a line of how much we're getting? Yeah, what are we getting? Two inches, three inches? Uh, what are we getting? Nothing? Nada? <laughs> Is this the industrial, uh, French industrial complex again messing with us or I'll, what? I'll set the line at uh, one and a half. One and a half? I, I personally haven't looked into what the forecast is supposed to be, but that, that sounds just... Well, I have six ABC on right now, and of course, all they're doing is showing snow. It's supposed to be two to four inches, I think. Two to four, two to four inches on right, Friday. Maybe then we have to set it at uh, three and a half, right in the middle, uh, two and a half. Three would be in the... Yeah. Well, we don't want to push. <laughs> I mean, you can measure three and a half inches, though. It's not like a football uh, score. Kind of right. Yeah, but who does the measuring and where? Certain places will get more than others because of wind and whatnot. I know wherever I am is going to get the most because I just have terrible luck. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what they're doing. They're, they're rigging the weather machine just to ruin and inconvenience you, Matt DeSantis. Yeah, and I thought it was to hurt Trump in Iowa, but it turns out it's to, it's to hurt you getting to work on Friday. Exactly. It's just to annoy me. See that? Well... I wish I was in Texas right now. It looks nice and warm in Eagle Pass. 
Wow. I mean, all these pictures of people crossing the border, they they all look pretty uh, pretty bomby. I mean, a couple of them have winter hats on, but there's no freaking, you know what I mean? <laughs> they don't, they're not wearing winter jackets down there. Yeah, it would be nice. It would be nice to be walking around in shorts and uh, and a T-shirt. Then, then you get to New York City, and it's so cold, you don't have a jacket. I guess they hand those out to you, like 430 Ch- bus terminal. Chicago's like in the negatives this week. Well, it's a perfect time for a fake hate crime then, isn't it? Where's Juicy Smiley when you need him? <laughs> He's drawing up plans for his next attack. Yeah, he is. I mean, this is like, this is when the MAGA the MAGA racists strike. Usually, when it's this cold in Chicago, they prefer to go out looking for uh, for their victims when it's usually twenty below. So, <laughs> now you might be a psychopath. It's possible, and if you are a psychopath, and I have friends who are psychopaths, one in particular, no question about it. Researchers in Canada have analyzed the finger lengths of volunteers with clinically diagnosed psychiatric issues to determine whether psych uh, psycho psychopathy psychopathy, I guess, is biologically rooted. The team found that those whose index fingers are shorter than their ring finger are more likely to have a diagnosed psychiatric disorder. So if your index finger, which one is that now? That's the... It's your pointer finger. Your pointer finger. Okay. If it's shorter than your ring finger, you're a whack job. I got... But mine are even, so I'm in the clear. But I just heard Henry say, uh-oh, as he's sitting yeah. right next to me in this enclosed studio. I need my own studio. I didn't trust him to begin with, and now now we have tangible proof. Yeah, you might be in trouble. I don't know. Well, I, I definitely, my my ring finger is much longer than my index finger, so I've Same. got major issues. Oh, jeez. Yeah. The team found that those whose index fingers are shorter than their ring fingers are more likely to have a diagnosed psychiatric disorder. The team started out by noting that those who have a lower 2D-4D ratio, i.e. a shorter index finger and a longer ring finger, are already known to be more commonly associated with dark triad traits and aggressive behavior. Now, I actually say the dark triad is the government... Or somebody said the unholy triad, the government, big tech, and uh, corporate media. But in this case, dark triad traits include highly socially discouraged attitudes, namely Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy. <laughs> paper, uh, the paper also noted that people who scored high in the dark triad scale also scored high on mental toughness and sports performance. Well, that's definitely not me, but also on various types of negative psychosocial and psychological outcomes, including intolerance of uncertainty, anxiety, sensitivity, callous effect, whatever that means, and interpersonal manipulation. For the scientific study, the researchers recruited 80 volunteers, 44 with psychiatric issues, and 36 healthy individuals without any diagnosed mental conditions. An analysis of their hands confirmed that compared to healthy controls, individuals with a clinically diagnosed psychiatric issue were more likely to have a shorter index finger and a longer ring finger. Yeah, I know. The investigation uncovered that compared to the healthy controls, individuals with a clinically diagnosed psychiatric issue were more likely to have the shorter index finger. Um, Dark triad traits. However, though, there's a caveat to this. The study's lead author, Sergey Brand, is warning people with shorter index fingers not to fret, saying it's very common. (laughs) 
So it's normal you may to be a not psychopath. be a psycho. You just may have a shorter index finger. Henry's definitely a psycho. I can just tell by sitting next to him. He's just sitting in here staring at his hands now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's weird. I'm if worried. Anyone's gonna, if anyone's going to walk into Odyssey one day and go postal, it's Henry. No, no question. And I mean Whoa. that with all due respect. Whoa. I'm, I mean, sincerely, I mean that with all due respect. It's all, not a negative I, I, in any way, shape, or form. Doesn't, that doesn't help. You saying with all due respect doesn't, doesn't help with, change what you just said. With, with all due respect, I don't mean... Certainly don't mean that in a negative way. <laughs> no, no, of course not. It's perfectly fine now because you said with all due respect. How could, how could anybody take it that way, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree with your assessment. Definitely, Henry. Um, so the dark triad is, is the issue. The dark triad traits. And the Machiavellianism... I like that term, Machiavellianism, which is basically you're able to, well, like, you know, the prince, Machiavelli, you're able to figure out how to use people to get what you want. And that's the trait. Now, let's see now. I wonder, you see, Lee Pavorsky texted me a picture of his hand. But here's the question that I have. I think this is a business opportunity for him as a jeweler. Here's why. You go to size a woman up for a ring. And you notice that her index finger is shorter than her ring finger. You can run like hell. You know what I'm saying? Like you just run. This is a psycho. I'm, I don't. Before I before I, I pop the question here. So that's what that's what I would suggest. I would I would I would have it done that way. Where you know you you you, you do it like a, oh we're going to do a ring fitting, but actually it's just to determine whether or not she's a psycho. Oh, that's a genius idea. Yeah. Plus, a, a larger ring finger, you need a larger diamond, too, right? Because it'll look smaller That's true. comparatively. Another business opportunity yeah. here. A lower 2D40 ratio is also associated with prenatally higher testosterone and lower estrogen exposure during the first trimester of the fetal stage. So that means, for example, you have had higher testosterone concentrations, which may lead you to be part of this dark triad. So there we go. But it's not irrevocable, your fate. Got it? Good. Henry's still staring at his hands. Yeah, well, you know. I'm, I'm, mull- I'm mulling this whole thing over. It's a lot of information at intake. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot. But from now on, every time I meet somebody, I'm going to take a look at their hands. Be like, let me see your hands. <laughs> hmm? Hmm? <laughs> that definitely makes you the psychopath then, doesn't it? Probably. Um... <laughs> The dark triad traits. I like it. All right. 855-839-1210. Road Warrior definitely has a longer index finger. (laughs) Road Warrior, send us a picture of your hands. uh, uh, Ring finger. No question about it. I'm sure he's still angry that I didn't give him credit for mentioning that uh, Katanji Brown Jackson recused herself. Because (laughs) why does he deserve credit for that? I don't understand. Just because he mentioned on Twitter, I have to give him credit for it? We didn't even yeah. do the story yet, but he right. broke I, it. I hadn't even done the topic yet. So just because he mentions it, I have to give him credit for it. I think that's how it works. With, yeah. with, what if I already knew this though? What if I knew it already? <laughs> but it doesn't. He he broke it within the like Zioli universe. He, he, he didn't broke break it. it I knew it because I was following the case all day. Yeah, but he broke it within like the Zioli army. It's been in the show sheet for like the last. <laughs> but he know, broke half it. A day. He said it. I've been talking about this frigging case for seven <laughs> months now. Yeah, but he broke it today. Yeah. Well, 
What can I tell you? Um, congrats, thank you, Road Warrior. Congrats, congratulations. You, you should be a Supreme Court justice for, for that. Another question that I've gotten on social media as we do our social media check-in, courtesy of our friends at Cherry Hovavo, there's a reason why Tom Cruise follow Matt to Sancta Traitorous is because he's a Scientologist. Matt, are you a Scientologist? I, Would you like to? No, I am not a Scientologist. You're not a Scientologist. No, you're late are on you your sure? church payments, man. Are, <laughs> no, I am 100% positive I'm not a Scientologist. Are you sure? I work in radio. They wouldn't even accept me. I don't, I don't earn enough money. Yeah. I one time, um, uh, the Church of Scientology, there was a woman who left the church, and she wrote a book about how terrible it was. And I, I had her on the show. This was back in Afternoon Drive in the first iteration. And then I got a nasty email from the public relations director at the Church of Scientology. And I offered that. I said, well, then come on the show and defend, you know, defend the Church of Scientology. They wouldn't. They would. They refuse to do it. They don't like the press. They don't, the media, nothing. They don't want to do anything. But when you go to Clearwater, because we used to, you know, when I used to go for the Phillies for spring training, and I'm going to go down there for a weekend, hopefully, and take Patrick down there one weekend. Um, that's the headquarters, you know. That's where their headquarters is, Clearwater, Florida. Heck of so, a headquarters. Yeah, I mean, look, there's worse places to be, I guess. So so when you go down, you don't go down there and you don't genuflect in front of the <laughs> statue of Tom Cruise? <laughs> no, I'm not a Scientologist. All right, I'm just checking, because we're all trying to figure out why he's following you on Twitter. So, Although, if I get to go to Clearwater, Florida, uh, you know, maybe I'll consider a conversion. Have you ever read an L. Ron Hubbard book? <laughs> I've, I, no, I have not. All right. Well, that's the, those are the tests, you know. Do I, do I have to read one and then I get to go to Florida? How does this work? I have to look into it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't answer that question for you because I am not of the, of the chosen few of the Scientologists. Uh, let's see, 855-839-1210. I, I do want to play another clip from the, uh, the web. This is John Kerry now, who was confronted about his private jet use. He was confronted over the fact that, of course, he, uh, unlike Javier Mele, who flew commercial to the WEF, John Kerry, of course, uh, flew on his private jet. So Rebel News, which does a great job of, of exposing clips, Rebel News, the reporter Avi Yamini, uh, he, la- he, he, he brought this up to, uh, to John Kerry at the Davos conference on Tuesday. Cut number seven. What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? You think it's worth it? Peasants pay for your crimes? That's a stupid question. Is it, a, is it really? Is it, is, it, is it more stupid than you traveling here to tell us? <laughs> Please, I'm, sorry? We're done. We're done. We are done now. Don't grab me. You can't grab us. This is a free society, mate. This is, we have freedom of the press. Why do you think you're more important? Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world suggested that. Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. You, you being here suggests that. Stupid question. You being here every single year and doing this suggests that. And, and I have done a huge amount. Listen, now it's finished. Please. Why can't I ask him questions? Please. Who are you? Why are you trying to bully me out of us? No, so please. That, that doesn't, a lot of people say no to a lot of the policies and agendas he pushes. They don't get a choice, so why can't we ask him a question in a public space? Can you not touch me? 
Uh, you can't confront these people. They're the elites. They're better than you. They're good people and you aren't, okay? So you can't even have these conversations. And certainly don't ask them about their hypocrisy. Now, remember how uh, during Biden's speech about January 6th, the high holy day of the left, they compared that to World War II and World War I, which I thought was just an atrocious, atrocious analogy, obviously. Well, John Kerry now has compared climate change to fighting Hitler. Everything comes back to Hitler. There's actually, I think, a South Park about this, where everything eventually comes back to Hitler. But with the left in particular, they, oh, oh, always everything with them. But here's John Kerry. This is the challenge that we're facing right now. This is akin to fighting Adolf Hitler and defeating the Nazis in World War or two. Cut number six. I'm convinced that the only way we win this battle is by stepping up exponentially from where we are today and begin to treat this fight almost as if we we're in a war. I hate the war analogies because we get tired of them and they're probably overused, but unfortunately it's, uh, it's, it's apt. <laughs> In World War II, when we needed to gain control over the skies and of the ocean and learn how to penetrate Hitler's defenses in order to win the battle of freedom, it was mid-level techs who made a lot of decisions that actually helped us win the war. And uh, uh, Paul Kennedy at Yale has written a book about this called The Engineers of Victory, which if you want to read about real effort, it'll tell you about it. At the end of the war, we could turn out one B-24 bomber every hour on the hour in a reconstituted automobile factory because we were serious. Could we be doing that today for solar panels? Could we be doing that today for blades, for turbines? You bet we could. But the politics of the world haven't yet moved to understand that that is almost literally where we need to be. Why? Because, as David just said to you, trillions of dollars are needed. Somewhere between 2.5 to 3 trillion and 4.5 to 5 trillion dollars a year. Every year for the next, until we get to 2050, next 30 years. Actually, he's way off here. I mean, he's right. He's he's way off on everything he says. But the you know the, the Hitler analogy is just stupid. World War II analogy is just stupid. But this is how these people think. They they do. They believe climate change is worth worse than Nazis. They they, they really do. Uh, it's worse than everything. Remember, it's the greatest threat to America. There's no greater threat to America than climate change or to the world. But he's way off on the figure here because here's the president of Colombia. All right. A um, hundred billion. That's nothing. That's nothing. You want to talk about preserving life on the planet. You want to talk about saving the world from climate change. A hundred billion. That barely gets you in the door. That's like going to a wedding and giving somebody a hundo. That only gets you that. That doesn't even get you in the door these days. A hundred billion. Come on. Cut 19. I would like to see two things. One. Without doubt, to ha to, well, there is a democratic uh, danger in the world, and therefore we have to restore the democratic order in the world. This is a challenge, and currently uh, this is fragmented. We have to restore this order, freedom or liberty, egalité. The, and, and all these French principles have, they don't have the headquarters in Paris, but in South Africa and Africa. And another issue or another point to mention 
how we address climate change. The 100 billion from Paris uh, are no longer important. We need 30 times more funds for this. If we manage to establish some sort of policy and to reach an agreement to uh, offset debt for climate action, we could reach this figure. 30 times higher than what was pledged in Paris. And that can be generated with public resources from everywhere in the world. And this can be invested in a major Marshall Plan on climate action in the world so that we can preserve life on the planet. What's 100 billion times 30? Does anyone know? It's like 3 trillion. $3 trillion? Yes. They need, so now it's $3 trillion. To save the world from climate change, you three trillion dollars to buy to buy windmills and all the other things John Kerry mentioned. Three trillion dollars with a T, correct? Trillion, yes. Oh, good. Okay, great. Uh, and then the people that make all these things will make will reap the profits of that, but nobody sees that. Nobody sees through that or anything like that. I mean, I, Henry does. Because he's about to go postal. Are you still looking at your fingers, Henry? I can't. I can't see over there. Are you still? No, no. I've I've moved past that. You moved past that. You've yeah. you've you've accepted that you're a psycho. Yeah. No. I'm just cooking up Machiavellian schemes right now. Yeah. Just trying Embra- to embrace it. it. That's yeah, what just, I'm doing at this I'm point. Just, just embrace I'm, it. Yeah. Just working on manipulating everybody I meet. Yeah. We, now he's got to manipulate DeSantis since he doesn't have the uh, the traits that we have, which I consider to be gifts, Machiavellian traits. <laughs> Uh, lawmakers just uh, spoke that we'll grab the audio of this. They were just were at the White House a few moments ago. They they just had a meeting with Biden, of course, on the border. Uh, we'll grab the audio of that. There really was no update, but it was Speaker Mike Johnson just coming out and basically saying that um, this military supplemental is now there's a lot more. Um, and speaking of Ukraine and speaking of the masters of the universe, you know how we're always telling Israel what to do. There has to be a ceasefire and we want Israel to back down and we want Israel to do what 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 they're told when it comes to ukraine not so much because of course ukraine has the receipts you're asking me a math question is this like if a train leaves chicago at five o'clock and then another one did john Kerry say five trillion a year for 30 years yeah i think at the end of that clip he kind of i don't know he mumbled it and spoke very, Marvel, Marvel, very Marvel. Well, he mumbles everything he's a horse face so yeah, i'm pretty you're sure saying, so five trillion a year for 30 years is that the same as 300 trillion or whatever three trillion no, no that's way more that, yeah that would be like 150 trillion but I, I have the end if you want to listen to it one more time no i don't want to hear him again but <laughs> okay. 100 so 150 he says 150 trillion the other guy from columbia says how much Three trillion. Three trillion. All right. Well, I like the guy from Columbia better then, because he <laughs> he's only saying we got to spend three trillion to save the world. Uh, he's got a discount, I guess. Wow, one hundred fifty trillion or three trillion? It's amazing. It's a big gap there. Just saying. Again, I'm no math guy. All right, but here is uh, Tony Blinken. We don't see a ceasefire in Ukraine. We're we, we're not we're not. We're, we're, Oh, let me take a break. We'll come back to that. We'll we'll, we'll deal with that. Um, we'll deal with a lot of things, including Pennsylvania. Can we win? Can Pennsylvania turn red? How can it happen? We have the game plan for you. Plus, uh, what's going on in the Supreme Court with Chevron? We'll talk about that as well. Big big stuff still to come. Do not go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. 
All right, so can we win back Pennsylvania? That's the question, of course. It is the must-win state. Can we win it back? Uh, the answer is yes, but we have to do some things that are very, very important. So we're going to have that conversation coming up next. And I got more on the WEF, more on the, uh, the elites at Davos and how they're trying to run the world and control everything with us. Plus, as we get closer and closer to New Hampshire, um, what's going to happen? Is, is it over for Ron DeSantis? You know, I've been, I've been saying that. I've been, I've been saying I think it's over for Ron DeSantis. Um, and it's no disrespect. I like the guy. I do. I like him a lot. I think I think he's one of the best governors, and I think he, he's got a great shot for 2028, but not for 2024. He just does not, and that is just the reality. So um, is it, in fact, over for him? And maybe he shouldn't even bother. Maybe he should just drop out prior to New Hampshire. What is the point of going down swinging? I don't really know. We'll have that conversation as well. And a major case before the United States Supreme Court, you've heard it as referred to as the fish case, but— there's so much more regarding Chevron than just fish. And then a little bit later in the show, we'll also answer a fundamental question. How can we rein in the administrative state, the unaccounted, unelectable, uh, the unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats who run everything? And if we get a Republican president back in the White House, which I think we will, what do they need to do to crush the administrative state? The answers to all of this lie straight ahead. 30 minutes of nonstop talk. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.